Dirty Mo. Yeah. I'm I am your biggest fan. Uh this is must watch podcast. Uh I absolutely am addicted to it. Your team does the most fantastic job. They figured it out. The shorts that you put on Twitter or podcast. I have our local dirt racers. They dirt racers who hate NASCAR because they're jealous of it. They listen to you. I listen to you. So what I want to know is I find you sometimes to be a little shy. Uh, where did this Dirty Mo Media, I, I never saw this coming. How did this start? Mike Davis is, uh, damn. <laughs> yeah, Mike, da- Mike Davis was my PR guy that Bud had hired to, um, to manage, you know, my role as the Budweiser race car driver in the Cup Series. And so, but, you know, Mike Davis and I were at the racetrack together every day and then I hired him to be um kind of a brand manager for me I really didn't even know what a brand meant right but he he uh come on board to sort of manage my brand which meant basically everything under the umbrella that I had connections to um he was going to manage those partnerships and try to keep building our brand growing our recognition and 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 value And so he came to me one day and he said, man, we need to get into podcasting. And I was like, I've never listened to a podcast in my life. Right. <laughs> I don't plan on it. I don't, I'm right. not going to be a podcaster. I'm not going to listen to podcasts. I listen. You're busy racing, baby. Yeah. I listen to the radio and I listen to music and I watch TV. Yeah. Um, you know, so he's like, trust me, podcasts are going to get popular. You're going to want to be in this space. And he told me how it was going to work. And all I really had to do was, record into my phone just sort of a brief synopsis of my race day every Sunday and then I'd mail it to him him and another uh, couple people hosted the show forever and it grew and grew you know it was very popular with our core hardcore fan right and it was this great neat piece of content that only they you know could get in this one space and the other thing that I loved about it is you know you would you get out of a race car and run your mouth uh, or or you get to the racetrack on Friday and go in the media center and run your mouth and be all smart-assy because race car drivers have massive egos and we're all real smart-assy people. <laughs> we know everything. We do. We get in there, yes. we go in the media center and we tell, we're, I'm going to tell y'all what's up. This is what's going on. This is what I think. This is, what, this is what's right. And then they write the story, right? And then you read the story and you go, damn, you blew that out of proportion. You know, and so the podcast was great because you control the narrative, right? Your message is your message and you are in control of it. And whatever you want to put out there, you put in that show, that podcast. And I started, you know, maybe dialing it back a little bit on my interviews outside of the podcast, being a little more reserved. And then when I wanted to say something important that I thought mattered, I'd, I'd go on my show and do it. And then eventually I went to Mike and I said, I think it's time for me to host or co-host. So we've been doing that a while. Um, I never thought it would become what it has become. I never took the interview side of it that seriously until I became a broadcaster. And then I was starting to use the interviews as practice. I'd always been interviewed my whole life. I admired people that gave interviews. Um, Dan Patrick to me is probably the best that does it. 
And then I started asking myself why I thought that and why do I think Dan's so good and what's his technique? And then I started trying to Im- incorporate it. It's not a mistake that our, that our podcast studio kind of looks similar to the man cave at Dave's place. And so, um, or at Dan's place. So I, um, I've just admired Dan for a long time and, and tried to mold my style of interview a bit like his, you, you're never going to be that good, but you, he asked short questions and that enforced that forces the subject to, uh, expand, right? If you put all of the answers in your question, you're going to get a real short answer. And so, you know, he just can do so. He can just ask three little, he just say three words of a question in question form and get this really great answer. And so I, I don't know. I, um, I tried to use the podcast and the interview, uh, as an opportunity to become a better broadcaster and a better storyteller. And, um, and it's really been fun. We just announced um, that Mike stepping away, the dirty mode media business has gotten so big and we got so many things we want to do that it's taking more and more of his time and he can't put what he needs into the Dale Jr. Download to be great as a co-host. And he has kind of been wanting to step away for a while now. And then finally we announced that on our final show of this season. So the Dale Jr. Download will be somewhat similar to what it is now, but it will be a couple new faces in the room. When you had me on, you were like my therapist. (laughs) You, you, You were absolutely incredible. I was shocked how well prepared you were. You pulled out of me things that I forgot. You went step by step. Uh, I just wanted to comment. You are there. You are incredibly good. At well, we got, a, we got a good team around us that helps me with the research, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, so well, we all I, need help. Yeah. So I've got some good help there. And the one thing that I will tell you that I was, um, my boss at NBC, Sam Flood, told me, he said, you're curious and just lean into that lean into being curious in everything you do. And so when they send me to do the Kentucky Derby, I'm scared to death. Yeah. I'm going to do live TV at the Kentucky Derby. I don't know shit about horse racing. <laughs> I don't, I love it. <laughs> you know, and, and so for, you know, for a month, you've got to dive in and become an expert. They don't expect you to get it perfectly. Right. And so when you don't know something, Don't be scared of it. Don't be scared for the audience to find out that you are clueless. Like lean into it and ask questions and be curious. Because I'll promise you that more often than not, the viewer at home or the person that's listening is also wanting to ask that same question. You know, and they're also curious, but they're scared to raise their hand and go, hey, why is they why do they do it this way? You know, how many people? Don't raise their hand. No. And so, you know, lean into it uh, that you don't, hey, be honest. You don't know everything. And we're going to find out what we don't know. You know, Um, I really enjoy doing that kind of work. When I go to the racetrack and I'm working on Sunday, though, I'm supposed to know shit. So I can't lean into my curiosity as much there. But um, when I'm doing the podcast, I'm sitting down with you. I just want to know what your story is. And and so I'm just going to keep digging until I learned all I want to know and heard all I want to hear. So Dirty Mo Media uh, has a door <clears throat> bumper clear, which is very popular. But 
I feel like you deserve another trophy. Somebody at Dirty Mo Media, and this is what I want to know. Who who created Actions Detrimental? Who chose Denny Hamlin? Because it is must listen, it, it, you know, for all the, the right reasons. Yeah. Tell me about Actions Detrimental specifically. That's another Mike Davis idea. I'll be damned. Um, yeah. So Mike's the leader of the whole thing. Um, now, I, you know, so I come to Mike – a couple years ago and we had um, there was there was a player at the Panthers uh, from Carolina Panthers a football player that we had worked with a little bit and I was like Mike we we this guy is pretty sharp we should probably um, we ought to do a podcast and he could be the host and we'll have a football podcast Dirty Mo Media can be more than just racing. And so that conversation has sparked, uh, you know, this sort of intention going forward to like grow beyond just my show and Door Bumper Clear. We, it's been difficult for us to get outside of our NASCAR world, mm. but Mike wants to have like an SEC college sort of, uh, podcast. Um, he's a massive Alabama fan and we would probably, you know, learn a ton doing something sort of outside of our familiar space of racing. But we have always, we've, we've had big conversations with Cobbush and other drivers, uh, about doing a podcast with us here at Dirty Mo Media. I talked to Blaney a couple years ago about, his podcast and if he's going to continue to do it, if he would ever move it to dirty mo media. Um, so we've had this interest in having more drivers doing shows in our building. Um, we talked to Denny. I did not think Denny was going to be interested. We went and met with him and his team. We spelled it out in front of him and it's like, look, man, this is, you know, this is not a lucrative thing. You're not going to walk away, you know, you know, rich off of doing podcasts. That's not what this is about. Um, you do podcasts to control the narrative, share your message, anything in the world that you want to tell people about, you save it for your show and they get it exclusively right there from you. And, you know, you have a race team and all of these assets that you need to be telling people about and that you want people to know about. And this is a great way for you to promote what you're doing and what you're involved in, but it's also a great way for your partners to gain content. And so if you've got a sponsor on, you know, Tyler Reddick's car, well, now you can sell them not only sponsorship on the side of that car and, and on the side of the hauler, but on the podcast, right? This right. action's detrimental, you know, thousands of people tuning in. Exactly. <laughs> you know, there are going to be thousands of people watching this and I can, I can, you know, you can brand my show. We have the Bojangles Studio and, you know, Ally and Xfinity and all these brands are now really involved in Dirty Mo Media because they're getting good return. Um, and so it's uh, it's a business. And we all know that Denny is very sharp. And so more than likely, you know, he takes his actions detrimental and maybe creates his own sort of podcast media company one day. But we told him, we're like, start with us 
Mm. We've got we've got all the listeners ready for you. We'll put you right into our server and, and right in front of all of our fans that we already have. And then you can learn from this experience and, and then take it and do what you want with it. But um, it's been a lot of fun and got in a little bit of trouble early on when he admitted wrecking Chastain. I didn't know if we were done podcasting at that point with Denny Hamlin, but he kept digging. Best thing that ever happened. Well, you know, I was – I'll say this, man. I was surprised in a good way that he stuck to it. He stuck to podcasting and continuing to do his show. And I, I'm curious. He wants to sit down with me down in my studio and go over what that experience has been like for him. Um, you know, podcasting is – you're very vulnerable. You You admit to your own flaws and mistakes and – you can't be bullshitting people on a podcast. You you know you you know you know people are going to see right through that. So when you turn that mic on and that camera, you've got to tell the truth. And that's been an interesting experience for Denny to have to be that vulnerable and that transparent. So I'm eager to sit down with him and uh, sometime in the off season and and sort of in, interview him about that first year experience of his hosting his own show. Yeah, I. Um... You know, I, I admire what you all are doing. That's why I had to – I agree with you. I just wanted to say my experiences are the same. Ken, Kenny Wallace show is where I run my mouth, and I got to gauge when I get in trouble or not. Kenny conversation, <laughs> this one right here, is where I shut up and listen. Coffee with Kenny grew on its own. I really appreciate you telling me this because there's no doubt in my mind – I'm. I mean, there's the great Joe Rogan, but buddy, in my mind, you know, I mean, obviously, I don't think you're you're, you're far behind. I, I I like what you're saying about Mike Davis going, as Felix Sabata says, sounds to me like Mike Davis is getting ready to make you worldly. <laughs> uh, sounds like you're going to go into stratosphere, and you deserve it, Junior. You're very good at what you do. 